Russia weaponizing fossil fuel exports, we are standing shoulder to shoulder with our European friends and allies. Canada is doing our part to add to the global energy supply right now, but it has never been clearer why we need to accelerate the green transition. And you should have no doubts that Canada has what it takes to be a supplier of clean energy in a net zero world. Yeah, as long as uh, it's the kind of green energy he likes. Nonetheless, Justin Trudeau uh, saying this week that he cannot make a case to invest in natural gas, which is a pretty crazy thing to say, because we've got something that can be a solution for the entire world as far as energy security, not to mention what it would do for our country. But the prime minister doesn't even try to make the case because he is so ideologically obsessed with renewables, but only the ones that he supports which are always the ones that don't actually deliver or are reliable. But, you know, this comment, I think, probably went over like a lead balloon for the German chancellor who came here specifically to buy what we have, and he's not getting liquid gas. And winter is moving in. Very real concern for Germany that uh, people are going to be left in the dark without power, very cold, because, of course, they made themselves recklessly reliant on Russian energy. Angela Merkel stupidly made a deal with the devil. And, of course, we're the one of the biggest suppliers of natural gas, but we don't have pipelines. So we're very limited in what we should very easily be able to get to the world. So that solution, off the table. But Germany has a solution. It seems also determined to ignore 25% of its energy used to come from nuclear power. And, you know, despite it being clean and green, very affordable, they refuse to reverse course on a decision to continue shutting down the rest of their nuclear plants. In fact, they've gone back to coal which is just kind of crazy because they've got a very one of the world's best track records when it comes to nuclear. But there's also clean solutions those in charge here consider. And again, that is revamping our nuclear resources and exporting the energy we have that is clean and green. And again, this government won't look at it. Dr. Chris Kiefer joining me. He is normally an ER doctor, but he's also on the side president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy, and he joins us now. Good to have you. Doctor. Hey, Alex. It's great to be back. So, you know, it's a bit frustrating because there's a couple of issues at play here, both of which uh, we have a solution for that we ignore. And both Mr. Trudeau and both the chancellor say nuclear has a, play, a role to play, and yet uh, they refuse to even look at it. And this is something, you know, is in Pickering. We've got an abundance of this, and we're not providing a solution. No, absolutely. I mean, the situation in Germany is, is astounding, really. As you mentioned, they hitched their wagon to Vladimir Putin. Um, and Russian natural gas. After this invasion, Germany has been really bankrolling the war crimes in Ukraine by continuing to buy that gas from Germany because really they don't have any other choice. They've shut down the vast majority of their nuclear fleet. Again, the Germans are incredible at running nuclear. Perfect track mm -hmm. record and some of the best run plants in the world. And they're on track to close the last three of their nuclear plants, the, you know, the crown jewels really of that fleet. Um, you know, and, and this is just incredible. I mean, this is the biggest energy crunch since the OPEC crisis in the 1970s. And how did we respond to that crisis when fossil fuels got crazy expensive? That's when we really built a lot of nuclear, particularly in Europe. That's how they got their energy security. And they've taken a huge step backwards. You know, on, on the Canadian front, you know, uh, the Chancellor's visit here, um, you know, I think it had several purposes. One was to provide some diplomatic cover. Um, Canada broke yeah. sanctions to return yeah. tur turbines to Germany so that they could, uh, you know, continue to run Nord Stream 1. Um, Russia's really not playing ball there. 
they're still playing power politics with that pipeline. Uh, but also, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, the Germans are really hoping to diversify their natural gas supply because despite all of that wind and solar, and they've built the most of it really of any country in the world, you know, crit- there is no storage that, that will meet those kind of seasonal demands when wind and solar aren't producing. And they don't produce the majority. Which they haven't. I mean, no, Europe yeah, has exactly. seen this so in the last still, year. They're, they're still completely dependent on natural gas. So they've got, to, they've got to get it from elsewhere. And in the meantime, gas is tight. They're, as you said, reopening a huge number of coal plants, which every year kill thousands of people through air pollution. So, I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I think you're familiar with, with politicians that don't understand energy and are making these kind of decisions. Well, because this has become so ideological that even when, um, Doctor, that we've got this crisis, an ocean away, and it's very easy for us to sit back here and kind of be armchair quarterbacks um, because we have protection of time on our side to, you know, see the, the warnings coming. But we have so many ideologues who have only gone all in on certain aspects of, you know, green energy. Uh, they refuse to look at alternatives that we have, we have accessibility to, we have an abundance. It would uh, be beneficial to the planet. It would be beneficial to our country, certainly. But more to the world as far as security now that energy is being weaponized by Russia. And we have a guy like Justin Trudeau who refuses even, but the chancellor himself, they refuse to go with something that, you know, Canada also has a fantastic track record on this. And we are not um, willing to look at this. Um, and I think maybe, maybe we're going to have to see the images all over TV of, of um, you know, Germans freezing in the winter to go, oh, wait, this might have not have been such a, a, a good idea. You know, it's it's incredible. As you're mentioning, um, Canada is really a, a clean energy superpower, but for reasons that we don't talk about. You know, we produce about 15% of the world's uranium, which is used here yeah. domestically to create, you know, literally carbon, almost carbon-free power. Is that done here in Ontario? So, yeah, no, no, we mine uh, in mostly in Saskatchewan. So we use that uranium right. here. It's what runs the Ontario nuclear fleet, which, again, provided 90% of the uh, power to phase out coal off of our grid. Um, the Germans mm-hmm. should take note of that. Nuclear can actually replace coal, wind and solar can't. But we also export that uranium globally to the, the global reactor fleet, which similarly produces ultra-low carbon power. And that's enough um, mm-hmm. of a displacement of CO2 to offset one-third of Canada's national all-sector emissions. So we're already a global superpower in terms of exporting clean energy, and we should do a lot more of that. You know, the chancellor really should have been scolded even by Trudeau for shutting down those remaining three nuclear plants. Instead, they're entertaining fantasies of building a massive offshore wind uh, facility in Newfoundland, installing electrolyzers to make hydrogen, (laughs) turning that hydrogen into ammonia, shipping across the Atlantic. The Germans are going to apparently turn that ammonia back into hydrogen and then burn it, which is one of the most inefficient uses of hydrogen on their grid. And that would make up a tiny fraction of the electricity yeah. that they're losing by shutting down these nuclear plants. So it is it is absolutely nonsensical, almost laughable. Well, it is laughable. And I think if the chancellor uh, weren't in such a, a pickle here, uh, he would laugh because I think he was horrified. He did not come here for hydrogen. He came for natural gas. And that door was shut on first one. He probably, uh, doctor, wanted to get his like, I'm here for three days. I got I, I'm out. I got I, this is such a wasted trip. He didn't come for hydrogen. Um, but, you know, we've got this. And at the provincial level, we also have situations where we're moving away from from nuclear. We've got, you know, going offline in Pickering in, in 2025. We still have energy needs, and the province is still looking into making sure that we have enough, or enough natural gas shored up to get us through when we when we take uh, nuclear off off the grid. But again, they're not. No one's pivoting, 
on something that should now actually be seen as something, especially since we have the situation with Russia and Ukraine. Every government at every level should have pivoted and said, look, we got to redraw these plans. We actually have and we are a solution here. Pickering's a solution. Saskatchewan can be a solution. We're just not using any of these because of our ideology. You know, Alex, uh, I'm a lot more cynical than you. Um, I think that that LNG I'm not sure, infrastructure. But I'll, I'll let you prove <laughs> I that. Think that LNG infrastructure will get built. You know, hydrogen is the I won't be alive. Trojan. Hydrogen is the greatest Trojan horse yeah. for the natural gas industry. Um, it does not work. It's not a replacement for natural gas, but it provides an excellent cover for building those resources. You know, Trudeau has to appease um, a very climate concerned electoral base. So of course, mm-hmm. in the media, they're talking about this, but I guarantee you behind closed doors. Um, that very much there's been commitments made to Germany for future LNG exports. Um, you know, Trudeau has approved um, and, you know, the government under Trudeau bought the Trans Mountain Pipeline. You know, this is a government that's not totally unfriendly to oil and gas, um, but they're going to lose their... Oh, but look at that boondoggle. That's like tw- up to $22 billion and the thing's still not even built. I mean, honestly, they, they have made no. so many mistakes on this. No, but. you know, absolutely. I mean, Canada is yeah. a very hard place to build fossil fuel infrastructure. But, you know, it's not a hard place for us to take take advantage of uh, our incredible nuclear sector. Um, you know, and, and when we invest in nuclear energy in a world of collapsing supply chains, um, mm-hmm. we harvest that entire economic benefit. Ninety six percent of the supply chain for nuclear energy is in country. So when we put a dollar, say, into refurbishing the, the Darlington uh, nuclear plant, we get a dollar 40 back in GDP activity. We get high-paying, high-skilled jobs for the, for the skilled trades. And then those folks go on and spend the money in the local economy. You know, the mm-hmm. factories that build the major components for our nuclear plants are right here in Cambridge, Ontario. This is an enormous benefit. And this is the thing here. We can take the most effective form of climate action. And, and make no mistake, Ontario at present is an utter climate leader in terms of our electricity. We have some of the cleanest electricity yeah. in the world. We have that thanks to nuclear we can continue that legacy and stimulate the Ontario economy, provide great jobs. This is really a win-win situation. But as you're saying, the, the, the ideological commitments, the anti-nuclear commitments of folks like Trudeau and unfortunately the big environmental NGOs that seem to influence him um, are taking us in entirely the wrong direction. You know, and, and on emissions, because you know, wind and solar don't replace nuclear. Around the world, every nuclear station that's been closed has been replaced with natural gas and coal because they yeah. can provide the same services of always on electricity. You know, well, you know what? I'm out, of t- I'm out of time, Chris. Sorry. I'm going to hit the wall. I think it's going to come down to the fact that until we see suffering uh, of Germany, then people might wake up. But of course, you and I both know it will be too late. I got to let you go. We'll talk again. Absolutely. Great, great chatting. Yeah. Bye for now. Dr. Chris Kiefer, who not just uh, is an ER doctor, but also president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. And so, again, we have these conversations. We have the solutions. We could be a solution for the world, not to mention ourselves and climate. We are not doing it. And then on food, we could, you know, make up for the shortfalls of Ukrainian wheat and all these things. uh, And we've got a government that is now trying to cut 30 percent of our fertilizer. out. I mean, it's just it's nuts what's going on. I'm Alex Pearson. This is the Alex Pearson Show here on 640 Toronto.